Our scripture for this evening comes from the Old Testament, Joel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And then we're going to skip over to verses 12 through 17. If you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it's on page 798. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from old, nor will be again after them in the ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the people, where is their God? After our Lenten retreat on Saturday, we looked at several spiritual practices. I had this delightful conversation with one of our church members who said to me, I'm really sorry, but I can't come to the Ash Wednesday service. She had another commitment, and I said, well, okay, that happens to many of us. And then she said, but ashes. I will either try to find a church or do one of the drive-through ashes. My response were, to her was, no, 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 we don't do drive-through ashes. My, the whole idea of drive-through ashes absolutely drives me nuts. And, but there's some advantages. It's a cold night. You won't have to get out of your car. Um, we, you don't have to sit here and look at people maybe you don't like, or you don't even have to listen to my sermon, right? If you went through a drive-through. 
And better yet, you could go through the drive-thru. Gus, if you had it out back here, somebody could come by. They could get the ashes on their head. They could go one mile down the road, go through the drive-thru at McDonald's, and be home within a half hour. And I thought, well, that's okay. There are some advantages to that. But no, absolutely not. And we laughed about it, and we joked about it. It was delightful. But it also raised some very interesting questions. What does the sign of the ashes mean? What is the purpose of these 40 days? What is the inner soul work that we as Christians are called to do during the season of Lent? And how can they bless us? Well, throughout church history, Lent has been the holiest of seasons calling all of us into deep introspection, repentance, self-examination, spiritual reflection. The sign of the ashes is deep. They remind us of our fragile state as human beings, our mortality that we all face, and our deep need of God and forgiveness and wholeness. A quick reflection that I read each Ash Wednesday is by um, Rudolf Ananaya, and he writes this, Ash Wednesday, there is no other day like Ash Wednesday. The proud and the meek, the arrogant and the humble are all made equal on Ash Wednesday. The healthy and the sick alike, the assured and the sick in spirit, all make their way to the church in the gray morning, the dusty afternoon, or the onset of night. They line up silently, eyes down, bony fingers, counting the beads of the rosary, lips mumbling prayer. All are repentant. All are preparing themselves for the shock of the laying on of the ashes on the forehead in the priest's agonizing words, remember, thou art dust, and to dust thou shalt return. Who among us have not thought, even in the briefest of ways, of our own mortality? How fragile life is. How quickly life changes, sometimes to dust. Or who of us have never felt like our souls have turned to dust and ashes when we need to know desperately the grace of God and the need of forgiveness? Or who of us have not had moments in our daily lives where things shift really quickly? Loss of a job or there's finances are difficult. Someone we love dies. Expression that we, we, we feel deep depression that we feel perhaps daily or illness that comes. Some mental illness that's relentless. Marriages fail. Relationships are broken. There's all kinds of stuff 
that happens through our lives. And they may feel like life is falling to ashes. But then Ash Wednesday comes, Lent begins, and we are called to this moment to remember. Lent says, look deep in yourself, into your soul, and your need of God. Our human condition truly is that we are beautifully, wonderfully made and loved by God. And we are also quite broken at times. We do wrong things. We hurt others, and often we forget God. The two are very true. And there are the deep hurts and betrayals. But when Ash Wednesday comes, it gives us this wonderful opportunity. It's a gift to the people of God to look very carefully at the state of our souls, to recognize our ashen state, to seek God's grace so that we can move forward. We are in a culture that I think we would rather go right to Easter rather than travel through the season of Lent. I'm sure of that. We want to be happy. We want spring to come. I'm already planting my garden. John, get ready. You've got lots to move around. <laughs> lots of things to do. I don't like the gloom. Anybody like the gloom and grayness of winter in Ohio? Not a soul. No hands. Here we go. Gus just said, God is very funny. It's snowing today. Um, I am frankly ready for spring and Easter tomorrow. But then I realized that there's this rhythm of the natural world and also of our spiritual lives. To celebrate Easter without going through the spiritual journey of Lent will make Easter trite, empty, hollow, because we have not used this gift of the season of Lent to deepen our faith and our relationship with God. You see, Lent for us is patterned after the life of Jesus, his 40 days in this wilderness. And before he began his public ministry, he needed these 40 days of listening to God, looking deep within his soul, understanding his humanness, temptations, frailties. Could he truly go to the cross? And my friends, we need this same time. Lent is the time for us to look within. It is time to do our soul work. It is time to say, where are the ashes of my life? The places of worry or disappointment or brokenness. The deep hurts or the soul wounds that keep popping up in our lives and we never resolve, but we need to let them go. The places we need to forgive someone else or seek forgiveness for ourselves. The places or those of us among us who just simply can't stop the busyness and the noisiness of life and find that there's real emptiness when we do. We are people of the ashes. 
but our, in our ashes, there's this remarkable ability of finding God. When we remember our ashen state, we face our humanness, and we look at our own mortality. We find God, and we find that we are not alone in this world. And when we look at our ashen state, we find that God is always working with us for newness of life and giving us new life. That's the hope of Lent and Easter. I kept on getting this image as I was preparing for this sermon, and it was about a pitcher filled with water and a glass. Now, I've been practicing this, but if I dump it, please forgive me. <laughs> but it, it, it's, the image I had was that when we are so filled, nothing else can fit into us. And nothing else can fit into us unless we pour something out. And I think our lives are like that, that you know, we fill our cup right to the top, right? We fill it with all of the stuff of the past and we fill it with all of the busyness and the activity and our being upset and needing forgiveness and we fill it up with our concerns of the future and we, sometimes it's just our plain self-absorption. We just fill this cup up. And if this cup is filled, there's little or no room left for God. Nothing else can fit into our hearts. We just fill it with ourselves. But Lent comes, and it gives us the time and the gift to refocus, to pour some of this stuff out of us, okay, just to start pouring it out. There we go. To take and to look at all of the hurts and to give those to God, to take all of the times of our seeking and our questions and simply to give those to God. So then our lives and our emptiness are able then to be refilled. That's the gift of Lent. Someone once said that Lent is the time to consider the giving up of what we are for what we may become. Now let me repeat that. Lent is the time to consider the giving up of what we are for what we may become. The blessing and the challenge of these 40 days is to use them as Jesus did, as a time of looking within, taking that spiritual inventory, saying, where am I? Where is God calling me to grow and to change? What do I have to let go of? And to begin that spiritual journey toward Easter. So I would encourage you during these next 40 days that every time you fill a glass with water, every time you drink your coffee and coffee in the morning, every time you take a little bit of cup of a tea or a Coke or something like that, think about how you are filled or how yourself. This is the season to empty yourself. So come before God, totally within God's presence, filled with nothing, but with great 
great, great expectation that we may be filled by God alone. And I pray for you that these 40 days will be blessed and holy and truly filled.